0: THE NORTHWESTERN SAINT by TIMOTHY INGLE This book is dedicated to my brother Aaron Ingle. Rest in peace and rest in power. CHAPTER ONE THE JOURNEY Sir Malcolm Morgana had spent most of the day traveling, walking the singular path from the lighthouse to the city of Northwestern. He was not precisely walking to the heart of Northwestern, instead the outside fringe, to one of the cliffs that looked down on the city. He had never been to Northwestern, and the sight of hills and turns, switchbacks and tall towering green trees was a sight he was not used to in the Southlands. The path remained the path, dry and dusty, narrow, littered with gravel, but the terrain around him changed drastically during his three-day journey. Malcolm arrived at the suburban home at a quarter to midnight at the end of his third day. He was predictably weary and nearing the end of his water supply. He had brought two sizable water canteens with him, tossing away the first canteen when it was depleted and nearing the end of his second. He had also carried the burlap sack of blueberries for the entire journey. His sandals had remained intact. He wore the same set of clothes and his senses told him that he was beginning to stink from all the sweat he had leaked. The burlap sack of blueberries was the most challenging part of the journey because it was so difficult to carry. Sir Malcolm saw the house's lights from a distance, as he crested the top of the hill. He had arrived at one of the five cliffs that overlooked the city of Northwestern. He could see the extensive and looming suburban-style house, sitting near the cliff's edge, like a beacon from the lighthouse where he had started the journey, but he could not make out any pinpricks of light coming from the other cliffs surrounding the city. An exhausted Malcolm walked to the side of the house and sat on the cool green grass. He stripped off his sandals and set the burlap sack and the nearly empty water canteen next to him on the grass. He looked up at the expanse of windows in every room on that side of the house. He did not have the energy to stand back up and walk around the house to survey each side, but from his vantage point, Every room appeared to have an expansive window looking out, and every room sparkled with delicate yellow light. He reached into the depths of the burlap sack and brought out a fistful of blueberries. He had not eaten these last three days, and eating again felt strange and wonderful. He recalled the feast he had partaken in three days ago, the morning he had begun his trek oatmeal, bacon, pheasant, onions, juices, cheeses, roast chicken, broccoli, fried potatoes, fried tomatoes, and colorful fruits. He packed it all into his stomach, and now he was eating again. Malcolm looked up at the room closest to him in the house. It was a spacious sitting room, with two bookshelves lined up against the walls, and a few decorative Art Nouveau lamps standing tall and at attention at either end of the bookshelves. No one was in the sitting room, but it appeared as if someone had recently been there, because a glass tumbler of unfinished whiskey was resting on a coaster on the low coffee table. Malcolm could hear two things at once coming from the caverns of the lonely suburban house the classical music of Johann Sebastian Bach and the sounds of clanging dishes and utensils and a tap faucet running. The sounds from the kitchen and the thumping classical music were at odds with each other rather than in harmony. The classical music was louder and more pervasive and seemed to be coming from an entirely different part of the house, but the sounds of silverware and plates from the nearby kitchen were more nettling and intrusive. Malcolm finished the fistful of blueberries, juice running from his mouth and down to his chin. He reached into the burlap sack for another fistful of berries. He stuffed the second fistful into his mouth, wiped the juice from his chin, and closed the burlap sack. He stood up from his place in the grass and slowly walked to the house's front door. There was a large white doorbell to the right of the door. He pressed it. He heard the chime, ding-dong, ding-ding-dong, ring through the house. And instantly all the sounds ceased. The classical music stopped. The clattering sounds from the kitchen stopped. He heard the distinct sounds of footsteps approaching. The front door swung open. Hello. A tall man wearing a golden mask over his face was standing in the doorway. The golden mask was unlike anything Malcolm had seen before. It had protruding tentacles and strange squiggles, buttons and bumps, random spaces of color held in rectangles and squares, and no apparent eyes or mouth. It was a peculiar mask. The tall man was wearing a long, white, short-sleeved, button-down shirt, khaki pants that appeared brand new, and brown leather shoes. Can I help you? The masked man asked. Malcolm threw back the hood of his cloak and cleared his throat. I hope I am not disturbing you at this late hour. "'The masked man lifted his wristwatch to eye level "'as if he could see the time, and replied, "'The hour is not altogether too late. "'What brings you to my doorstep?' "'I... I came to see Lenore,' Malcolm said. "'I have traveled a far distance "'over the course of three days to see her. "'I have corresponded with her via the post "'for the last few years. "'She should be expecting my arrival,' "'I am sorry,' the tall man said, "'and Malcolm could detect genuine sadness in his voice. Lenore is not here. "'She left three days ago on a similar journey. "'She must have left to visit me. "'We must have gotten our wires crossed somehow.' "'The tall man shrugged. "'She did not state where she was going "'or why she was leaving.' It was most unlike her. Malcolm lifted the burlap sack to chest level and said, I brought these blueberries all this way. She liked them and said that berries did not grow in this part of the world. It is strange that you did not meet her along the path, the tall man said. I am sorry you traveled all this way for naught. "Hm, yes, he said. "'Can I at the very least leave this bag of berries with you "'so that she can enjoy them on her return?' "'That would be fine. "'The berries have survived the trip?' "'Barely. "'At the very least they would make a fine preservative. "'I thank you for bringing them.' "'The tall man accepted the burlap sack "'and set it on the tiled floor. "'I will keep them refrigerated for Lenore's return.' might i sample a few before she arrives it has been many years since i've tasted a berry of course he hesitated with the following sentence that was fighting to come out yes it is just i am famished i have not eaten in so long might you have some food you could part with naturally the masked man's voice showed no signs of surprise or concern. I will bring you some leftovers. Water? I am almost out. The masked man looked down at Malcolm, huddled in the warm light of the porch, and noticed the canteen. Hand me your canteen. I will fill it. Thank you. Wait here, please. The masked man shut the door and instantly the pervading music of Bach resumed. Malcolm waited outside, listening to the classical music and looking around him for the sight of fireflies. The masked man opened the door and the music stopped. He was holding a large blue Tupperware container wrapped in tin foil and a refilled canteen in the other hand. He handed both the Tupperware and the canteen over to Malcolm. Here you will find cold chicken, bean salad, quinoa, and asparagus. I hope it tides you over. Yes, thank you. The water is not fresh. It is from the tap. That is perfectly fine. The masked man straightened up rigidly to stand like a pencil. Anything else I can do for you? One last thing, if I could trouble you, Malcolm said. When Lenore returns from her journey, could you relay a message for me? Of course. What is the message? The message is, the pantry is stocked. The pantry is stocked, the masked man repeated. That should be easy enough to remember. Anything else? No, thank you for your time and hospitality we are all travelers here he replied i wish you a good evening sir malcolm caught one last glimpse of the abstract and colorful golden mask as the man turned and shut the front door the loud bach music resumed malcolm returned to his spot in the grass at the corner of the singular suburban house and set down the water canteen and the Tupperware of food. He threw the hood back over his head. As he unwrapped the tinfoil and reached into the Tupperware for a fistful of cold chicken, he heard the clattering sounds of plates and utensils resume.